Hey, I'm Arba. I'm Gracie. I'm Yaritza. And welcome to episode one of SLPs in a Podcast. We're finally here, guys. Yes, we are so excited to be here and to share our dream of making a podcast together. We have nothing but NYMC to thank for our friendship, except these two know each other way before NYMC. Yeah, so Gracie and I know each other a little bit longer, but we we didn't form our pod together until... Yes, we weren't little peas yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did know each other, and so we majored in speak for undergrad together, but then once we got into grad school, we definitely made our group. She was my friend Yaddy from class, but she wasn't my friend Yaddy from class. <laughs> There's a difference. There's, There's a difference. difference. If you heard that intonation, that was there's a big difference there. Well, how was I before? Uh, you were my friend Ari. Yadi. Ari. <laughs> That's Ari. I was just mixing up my friend. Like, it was like a mental block. Ari's name yeah. did not come out right. Um, <laughs> yes. So you used to be Yari from class. Now you're Yadi. Ah. So they were friends before grad school and then they came to New York Medical College. We all Where met. We found our favorite P. The middle P. The middle P. Hashtag middle P. Hashtag. As the three P's in a pod, we are so excited, especially to talk about ourselves a little bit and tell you guys why we even created this podcast and what kind of brought us together in grad school. I think Yuritza says it's best. We didn't <laughs> So we realized how good friends we were in grad school. We really needed each other and we really worked well with our dynamics. And we also realized that grad school really kept us together. But once we were done with grad school, I mean, we had to kind of figure out life and we're still figuring out life, but we're also finding a way to keep us together. So all our personalities are different. We come from different backgrounds. Um, We had different experiences in grad school, even though we were in the same program. And we kind of were able to still work together and and be good friends. So that was the good part about our friendship and why we wanted to start this podcast to begin with. So yeah, yeah pretty good. You know, I bet they kind of want to know like a little bit about us though, right? Cause except for those of you who were some of Arva's biggest fans when she had her speechy account. Yes, that's right. She had fans. Um, they don't really know like too much about you. Are we want to like introduce? Yourself? Yeah, sure. So we created a speech account. I created that account to share my experiences of grad school. I had been following so many accounts on my personal one before of people who were in grad school or who even were SLPs. And I thought that was like such a great way to network, such a great way to share your experiences, your ups and your downs. As for some background information about me, I graduated from Pace University for my bachelor's in communication sciences and disorders. There I spent four years and I also got my TSSLD. So for you out of New York Staters, Um, That is your teaching license for students with speech-language disabilities. So if I ever want to work in a school or work with pediatric populations in a hospital, that's like the certification you need to do that. Then I went to New York Medical College. So shout out to New York Medical College. And we just graduated with our master's about a month ago. Which is weird because we finished classes like a month before that. So Literally. Yeah, we finished (laughs) classes in April, but we graduated in May. So that's how that went. But we Um, had on campus since March so it was like crazy so really I graduated in January is what they're saying yeah, I was trying to say I graduated the moment I took my praxis 
Yes. Oh my gosh. We have to talk about that. Yuritz and I decided to be the crazy people in our class. In addition to a few of our other classmates who thought that taking our practice in December was a, a wonderful idea. Um, it turned out to be the best idea considering everything that happened with COVID, but that's a whole other episode for you. Yeah. If you want to stay tuned because we will be talking about that, our experience with the Praxis. Definitely. And maybe some of yours. I don't know. Comment below. (laughs) You just want to say that, Gracie. You just love saying that. I really love saying that. Um, what else is fun about me? Um, I'm bilingual. I speak Albanian and I speak English. And, um... So I was a, what's the word, Yadi? Because Yuritsa's in her bilingual extension at Teachers College. You're a simultaneous language. Simultaneous. So I was a simultaneous language learner. And the reason that I kind of shout Yuritsa out in here is not because she is bilingual only, but because she's the bilingual queen. Bilingual extension now. So I hope that I could share with everyone a lot of information that I've been learning. So it helps me and Gracie stay on our toes with bilingualism and multicultural stuff as well. So we appreciate it always. Especially because I can't even kind of speak another language. I try. I've tried so hard. They don't, they don't like me. English barely likes me. Barely spell in English. I can't, I can't spell. (laughs) I can't spell. Oh my gosh. Do not ask me to spell. Since we're on the topic of Gracie spelling, I think it's a good time to switch to Gracie. What do you think? Why is that my introduction? By the way, this chick can't spell. Do you want to tell us more? Okay, so. (laughs) Spelling bee. Um, <laughs> you sing your own theme song? Gracie, tell um, me yourself. So, fun fact about me to get this started. When I was little, and parent, people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grow up. Drum roll, please. I, really um, I wanted to be a lawyer, because my favorite movie was My Cousin Vinny. And then I realized how many years you had to be in law school. And I said, it's okay. So... <laughs> I decided I was going to be a guidance counselor because I love my guidance counselor and I was going to help people and I was going to work in a school. And then I was like, but I kind of want to be a teacher because, you know, I don't want to just want to listen to people's problems. I want to fix them and maybe like teach them new ways to do stuff. Actually, that is kind of what a guidance counselor does too. But anyway, um, my mom is a teacher. My sister went to school to be a teacher. My cousin was a teacher and they looked at me and they said, Gracie, have you ever heard of a speech pathologist? And I was like, No. What do they do? And they were like, they're the people in the room next to us with all the games and the toys, and we want to be them. And I was like, they have toys in there? And so I took a class where I sat next to Yaritza, um, and then I realized that it actually isn't just playing with toys. But it was so much more fun. So I loved speech after that, and then I just stuck with it ever since. But yeah. It's been, it's been a fun time. I think that's always the first question, though. Like, why are you an SLP? Like, if you go around the room on the first day of class, you're like, and what's your name? Where did you go to undergrad? Oh, I went to Iona College, by the way. I forgot that. That's where I met Yaritza. We both went to Iona College. Um, yeah. And, the, and another question they always ask you is what's your favorite um, field of study? So um, I love um, feeding because I like to feed people. But if I had to come with a second place, it's the hearing impaired. The hearing impaired are my bread and butter. I love kids that can't hear, adults that can't hear, the people in the middle who are right here. Oh, gosh. Gonna laugh at that a little bit? No? <laughs> well, 
All right, but what about you? I know you're also, I saw this little, she is the feeding queen. Like if Yaddy's the bilingual queen, Arva's the feeding queen because right now I still come to Arva with advice for feeding clients. I need her help all the time because she <laughs> is the feeding queen. I love feeding. Um, it's something that Gracie and I bond over a lot. But my specialty or my bread and butter is medically fragile peds patients and especially the pediatric dysphagia. I absolutely love, love, love um, pediatric dysphagia. We'll be able to talk a little bit more about our ex externships and our like clinical experiences. And I think the good part about um, Gracie's experience is that she had that like pediatric feeding aspect, but also um, like the hearing impaired too. So we'll be able to talk more about that. Yeah, we all had such different placements too, which was really great. We really did. Yeah. But which were always fun to talk about in class. Like someone would come in and we'd share a story and I'd be like, You saw what yesterday? That's brand new information. Like everything was really it was nice to talk to each other every day. Yeah, I, like yeah. I, I miss that, the connection. I miss that. Oh, COVID. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> but you were before we actually move on to to your Ritza, I forgot to mention how I even got into speech pathology. Which you didn't roll out of the bed, like, or out of the crib, or out of the womb, and go, I'm going to be a speech pathologist. When I was little, I wanted to be a dentist, a teacher. Really? Yes. And then I wanted to be an actress. Um, oh, I didn't that, that, that passion lasted up until, like, junior year of high school, when I was looking at careers, and I was like, um, but my mom actually works in the schools, and she told me, why don't you get speech pathology? And I was like, what is that? Like, I had no clue what SLP was, like, way before then. So but the funny thing is, if you say to somebody, oh, remember the speech teachers? You're like, oh, yeah, but, like, speech language pathologist doesn't exist. But yeah. speech teachers, we all know. I don't even know if the speech teachers, though, if I'm going to be honest. I don't even remember ever seeing one or, like, speaking to one because I never needed speech services but I didn't I don't think I even had any friends who were receiving speech services at least in high school maybe mm -hmm. when I was younger probably they probably did it but I just was like oh they're going to gym or they're going to the bathroom like that's why Miss K took them out I don't they're think I was in the bathroom for half an hour <laughs> I remember the speech teacher at my elementary school had like cookies and they were so bomb and I I mean I never needed speech but I think I don't know. I I don't know if I had issues with like reading and they kind of like were worried about me. You know, bilingualism, sometimes that happens to you. And those speech teacher had cookies and they were so good. And I was so upset that I didn't get speech because I just wanted those cookies. Those poor cookies that you're, you're never going to have. They didn't give you a cookie. I know. You I mean, were cute enough. They should have just given you one. I thought just them being rude. if they pulled you out, that means you got cookies and you played the game. Yeah. And part of that is true. <laughs> part that of that is, is why I wanted to go into speech. To so eat cookies and play games. I'm a cookie monster. So why did you go into speech, Yaddy? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like that's what my sister calls me, the cookie monster. Um, so my start to speech is just kind of it's different, you know. I um both my parents are you know, they're not educated, they didn't have jobs in like education or the field. And um, I was a first generation college student. Um, you know, my family's from Mexico. And I kind of was just thrown into knowing that I wanted to receive an education, I wanted a good job. But the main thing behind the whole reason why I was doing this because I wanted to help people. So 
I didn't know what direction I wanted to go, but I know I wanted to help people. That was like the driving force. So uh, at Iona, I, you know, did my, my freshman year really not knowing what I was going to do. And I was lucky enough to attend this like seminar where they were, they were giving free pizza and you would just have to like sit down and like watch the presentation. So I was like, sign me up. And you know, they would always like have, you would like write your name in and your major. And I, would, I always had undecided. I never knew what I was going to do. So I, I was literally going just to have free pizza for lunch. And, um, it was, uh, one of the, um, what's the word? Professors? I'm having aphasia. The director? <laughs> the chairperson? <laughs> the chairperson? <laughs> the chairperson of the I'm sorry. Giving a presentation about being a speech pathologist and the salary and what the job entails and the schooling. Basically, the process of oh, having- That's what got her. She rich, rich. Exactly. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is this is a cool profession. It doesn't seem easy. It seems like it's going to be a challenge, and I'll be I'll have a secure job. But again, the main thing was like I wanted to help people, so I took one class, and that one class was Little Miss Gracie was there, and um, I was kind of hooked after that. And I just kind of oh, uh, I hooked you. Okay, and then I would. Just <laughs> <laughs> I feel so left out from not being in school with you guys. You didn't miss much. So after then, I kind of just threw myself into it, and I didn't decided that's what I was going to do. And um, I started my, I did my master's program with these two lovely ladies, but I started my bilingual extension right afterwards at Teachers College, Columbia. So I, that's like the last part of what I want to do to like complete everything. I want to have my bilingual extension. I want to learn exactly what it is to treat children who are bilingual and, um, you know, that's like get back to my community. That's the main thing that I've been wanting to do. So I hope this podcast is a resource for people, um, but also a place for us to connect and for SLP students to relate to us because we're still learning and we're still figuring it out as we go. Um, mm -hmm. Our own different experiences. And I think that, you know, I really hope that you can see into our journey as we follow, try to follow our dreams. I kind of yeah, I completely agree with you, Ritza. I think that, like, the main reason that we started this podcast in a selfish way is that we wanted to make sure that we, like, were able to talk every week and able to connect and, like, talk about our clients if we have any, like, or just, like, things that we're interested in or just even catching up, like, on a regular personal basis. Like, how was your weekend? Like, sometimes it's hard. Life gets in the way. You know, Gracie's in her clinical fellowship right now while Ritza and I are looking for CFYs. So I thought you were going to say Gracie forgets to answer her text messages. Well, she does that too, but we give her like the free, the free pass, the free pass because she works all day. So that's your free pass, Gracie. Don't get used to it. <laughs> but I feel like this would be a good time to talk about looking for CFYs in a pandemic, um, what it's like working in a CFY in a pandemic, and what we can offer for you guys as advice when you're looking for a CFY. In addition, I am going to selfishly self-promote myself for a hot second. Um, I made a guide to applying to clinical fellowships. It's on my Instagram, in my bio, on my Teachers Pay Teachers account. Um, if I do say so myself, it's really easy to navigate and it's going to be really helpful. So if you're looking at CFYs or getting ready to apply, I think it's worth a look. Thanks, Arby. It is worth a look. It really is. She did a phenomenal job. If you have any questions, that's your go-to guide. 
Yeah, especially because we kind of have, we have had to figure it out as we go. So, uh, you know, I hope that this can just kind of help people have some sort of direction because for us, it was so hard to get onto that path. Yeah. That's awesome, Arby. Thanks, guys. Um, Gracie, why don't you tell us about what it's like having a CFY and then your and I will get into like applications, what to do and all that fun stuff. Sure. Um, well, when I first applied to the job, it was actually the first interview I had. And it was a week before the lockdown. I went in and I had a phone conversation with my now boss. And um, it is at an early intervention agency and they also do CPSE work. And um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's something I didn't think I would see myself doing. I really wanted to be in a hospital, but um, then the world happened. So I was like, you know, I was given this opportunity. Somebody hired me and, and I don't want to waste it. So I'll, I'll take the job, you know, it really, but then it turned out to be a wonderful thing and I love it. Um, I have some feeding cases consultant arva is always <laughs> on call because sometimes things get really tricky especially now that everything is telehealth it has been a learning curve for not only new cfs but seasoned clinicians you get really set in your ways on how to do things and i guess in that way i'm kind of lucky that i'm new to this like my first opportunity was this way that i didn't have like my own routines set up yet um it, it's just been really interesting and Something that all of the CFs um, at my job have really uh, agreed was a positive that came out of telehealth was that um, I think a part of the job that we all kind of take for granted is parent counseling. At the end of the session, it's kind of something we instinctively come out and go, he did really great today. So we worked on this, this, and this. Maybe do this for next week. If you can get to it, try to do it. Maybe like during dinner or whenever, like just try to squeeze speech in. Thanks. But now I need the parent to be me. I need them to be the clinician there. And they are becoming so aware of what we do, why we do the things we do, um, the little things they do. I get to see what their day-to-day -day life is like. Um, it really is the least restrictive environment. I'm in their home. I'm following their kid around. He has a tantrum and mom apologizes. I say, look, this is life. And it is what it is. And we just have to do what we can. But uh, it has been a really fun time um you get you do get a supervisor so it's still but you don't get graded I still have like moments where I I tell my supervisor all the time I'm like I sometimes hesitate like how I should frame what happened to you because I don't want it to come out of my mark and then I remember you're there for my help like if I had a question I just need to be open and honest about it and she goes Honestly, that's probably the hardest thing getting out of grad school, that you're no longer being graded by your progress reports. Like, I will read it, and I will help you reword things, but it's not like you just got to be for that. Like, oh, no, this is a second draft. It's fine. Like, it's okay. We all need someone to proofread our work. And that's I so always need someone to proof me my work because I can't spell. <laughs> no, that's so interesting that you give that perspective because – I'm still kind of in that mode where I don't know how I'll be and like now hearing your experience now I feel like I need you know I'm gonna have to remind myself that I'm not a student anymore that I'm a you know CF I'm an actual practicing SLP and I need to be confident in myself so yeah that's and when you're 
talking to parents and you're noticing these things like in class sometimes you'll review a video of a parent and a kid and you'll go what do you think the parent did wrong and then in real life you have to tell the parent what do you think they did wrong and that thought always terrified me but now it's you know it's part of the job because they have to be me and I go you know do you see the way I'm going to do it first and then you try it the way I just did it and then the parent runs the rest of the session it's kind of like a really interesting moment where you didn't realize how much you knew until you were the only one there. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you feel like your supervisor is there. You can look to them, you ask them a quick question, but when you're on your own, you are the source, you are the expert. And you have to remember that you're the expert because you just went through all of this school. You're supposed to be the expert. And if you're not, it's okay. You tell the parents, you go, you know, I have to ask somebody else consult a colleague, consult Arvo, and I'll get back to you when I can. <laughs> I think it kind of goes to show with, I think I had said this before, but when you're out of grad school, you feel like you know nothing and like a lot of things at the same time. Like I feel like I have such a great basis of knowledge and I feel like I learned so much in graduate school and I feel like I was really taught like the best I could possibly be taught shout out to New York Medical College. We had a wonderful education and I still somehow have like imposter syndrome a little bit so seeing you like thriving in your CF is like so nice to see it's still like month two we're we're learning but um no but it really has been a heck of a lot of fun so yeah yeah, and and triggers me a little bit because I'm not there yet so like you are though I wasn't there yet I just needed money I genuinely just needed money. I was like, you know what? Pandemic just started. Let's hit telehealth up. Let's see how this goes. And that's it. That's how that, <laughs> that was the right choice for you at that moment, you know? Right. Like, and then you think of Arva and I, we have a different experience. We've, we've been looking for, well, I'll just talk about my, like my own experience. I've been looking for clinical fellowships, but at the same time I was moving and I was starting my bilingual extension and I kind of had to like look at my choices and see what I wanted to do. And I can't decide between only adults and only kids. Like as soon as I finished grad school, I was like, I kind of like both. Like I really enjoy my adult clients. I really enjoyed working with kids because I just feel a lot more, I feel more confident with kids for sure. But I really loved working with adults too. And I think that after I, I figured that I'd do my bilingual extension and I got into the program, that kind of pushed me to, to work with kids because I felt like I wanted to use my bilingual extension with my TSSLD, which I got through the school, through New York Medical College. And so that kind of pushed me to like, maybe I should do kids because I really, my first passion is is bilingual treatment. Like that's what I wanted to do. And like- Right now, I was getting all this education. I'm getting all this education for school-age children. So right. I still have the, that hope of going with adults, or maybe if, I, if that's what I want in the future, like I'm hoping that that's still some, an option for me. And I, I think it is, but I think right now what I'm looking for is school-age. And um, that kind of kept me in a crossroads because I wasn't, I was moving. I had to figure out if I wanted to be where I originally was or where I'm going now. So I'm still interviewing. Um, I still am not hundred percent sure where I'll be, 
whether it's like an agency or a private practice, I just know that I need to be with school age kids because I really want to utilize my bilingual extension. So stay tuned. We'll be talking more about that process because um, I haven't decided and I haven't, with the pandemic, that's all, also another issue. Like we had a hard, there, we had a hard time figuring out what the options were. And then there, not many places are hiring right now. So you kind of have to wait and it's just so, it's so awkward. It's like waiting and then you're, you're scared of not getting a job and then I'm getting my bilingual extension. So I can't like, I can use it for my advantage, but I'm not, I don't, I won't have it until December. So right now we're in June, so I won't have it until December. So it's kind of just craziness still right now. What about you, Arva? What's your experience? I completely agree. It's been, it's been a rough go at um, applying. It's been disappointing in like the best way to say it. I recently had an interview with a pediatric hospital um, it was the perfect position. Like I was like, if I get hired here, like I am set for life. And I got through the first interview. I got through the second interview. And then I found out that I didn't get the position. And it's been like a lot of talking to myself about like what's meant to be like won't pass me. And it's just hard because I don't see myself anywhere but a hospital. Um, mainly with kids. Like I love the pediatric population so much, but I also love adults. And I just find it really hard to like sit here and like, take on a, a CFY where I know I'm not going to be completely happy. So looking at other positions, opening myself up to different experiences, like working in an agency or in a private practice has been difficult. A lot of the agencies that I've been looking at are mainly in schools or they're serving school children, which is like actually the opposite of what I want to do. Like I want to be with kids. And I personally, like I only see myself in a hospital in the future. Like that's, that's the end all be all for me. So getting a CF that's going to be in a hospital is like the dream. Obviously not all dreams come true, but I'm still like staying hopeful. I hope by September I'm employed, but you guys will he be hearing more about that. As of right now, I am CF-less. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying. And like, you know, Yurits and I have always been talking and like checking in with each other about like the application process, you know, we're in, we're in different parts of New York. She's in Long Island. I'm in like Staten Island, but I'm looking around everywhere. So if you are an SLP in a hospital happening to watch this podcast and you want to hire two really great people. They're really great. We have resumes and cover letters <laughs> that we worked so hard for um, and would love to share. If So if you are an SLP who's looking for a clinical fellow who knows information but doesn't know everything, we're your gals. Right, you're a learner. We're available. We want to be hired, but we're it's still stuck. We don't yeah. know what to do. And I think the tough part, or like probably like I guess it would be like one of our like strongest skills, is that we're so stubborn in what we want and we don't wanna we don't wanna just take on a position just to take on a position. Um, when we have time. Like I'm in no rush to get a, a clinical fellowship position because like luckily for me, like I live with my parents, like I don't have to worry about paying rent and like where I'm living at the time. So it's feasible for me personally. And I don't know about you, Yuritsa, but I think that's like the best bet for you is also waiting until you find something that makes you happy. Yeah, I think that um, right now times are just so uncertain and I don't think it's a horrible thing. Everyone goes through their own like process of why the how and why they do things. Right. But um, I don't think, you know, because everyone has their own journey, I think waiting right now is kind of like our 
journey and we're hoping that we get hired soon but we're just still kind of waiting and seeing how that goes right. yeah so this has been our experience with getting cfs and um you know gracie's in a different place that we're that we're in and even arv and i are kind of like in different areas of where we want to be um but this is kind of have, this has been our experience and if you guys want to know more or specific questions about uh how we you know you can look at arva's guide for how to apply to cfs but if you want to know more about our own experience and have specific questions definitely let us know and we'll definitely incorporate whatever you guys tell us um so next up we'll be talking more about our test taking world we talked a little bit about cfs and if you want to know more definitely let us know and we can definitely comment below <laughs> can definitely uh comment some questions uh but in the meantime for our next podcast we'll definitely be talking about the tests you need to take to get into grad school and the praxis the gre anything else you need to be certified as an slp and tips and um more just comment yeah, yeah, yeah. what you guys want to know about that specific topic too so we can know what you guys want to know kind of gauge our episodes to what you guys want to see from us this is us this is what we're going to be like every week expect laughter expect giggles expect happiness expect all the emotions and above and if you want to follow us and keep up with our shenanigans please follow us at slps in a podcast on instagram or our personal slp accounts arva tslp yuritza slp and gracie zslp if you want to ask us some questions or send an email we are slps in a podcast at gmail.com thank you all so much for watching and stay tuned for episode two <laughs> thank you all thanks everyone Good night. bye bye i don't know when you're watching this